now, there's a lot of horrible theology in that video. <laughs> but it's really funny, so that's why we played it. it has, you know, um, we've been going through this idea of having fun with prayer. <clears throat> and one of the things I feel like that we need to kind of do real quick is just kind of review. So we can bring up the slide. Is it up yet? Or... Okay. First thing I want to say is, you know, the first week we talked about pray without ceasing. Are you serious? And what we tried to do is we tried to redefine what a life of prayer looks like, what pray without ceasing kind of looks like. So we wanted to redefine that, right? And, and then we talked about to-do list religion. What we were trying to do is help you recalibrate your walk with God from a religious to-do list to more of a relationship, right? And that's kind of what we were focusing on. And then the next week we talked about irreverent prayer. And the idea that we gave you is in Hebrews, it talks about Jesus being a sympathetic high priest who understands all the difficulties we go through, all the temptations, all the struggles. And because of that, we can come to the throne with boldness. And the scripture almost says a level of irreverence because of the work of Christ was so rich and full. And then we talked about last week, we talked about designer prayers. And, and what we were trying to do is try to set us free from the religious burdens that have made prayer a recital of flowery words and spiritual-sounding phrases that sound and look really good. And remember, I used the pictures up there last week of, of rosaries, you know, that were made out of bling, you know, gold and diamonds and stuff. And, and so that was the idea that we talked about last week. And so this week, uh, we're gonna, it's our last one in this series on prayer, and we're going to discuss the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's interesting, right? Because remember, we talked about this. This was our passage last week. I want you to read this because in context, and understand, when you ever you study Scripture, context is one of the most crucial things you have to apply because too many times we rip things out of Scripture and we misapply them because we don't know what they're really saying because we take them out of context. Okay, so like, for example... And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. And remember, we talked about some other translations correctly translate that vain babblings. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them because your father knows what you need before you ask him. So that is the context of the Lord's Prayer. And so Jesus says, don't always pray like, you know, you're trying to get everybody's attention. And, and like the Lord's Prayer, to be honest, you know, I've been coaching sports forever. Football and basketball mostly, right? High school sports. At all, you know, big schools, little schools, all kind of different places. And one of the things that we always did together as a team was the Lord's Prayer. And I'm just, you know, being real with you, most of the time that I've ever quoted the Lord's Prayer or recited it, it's because I was in front of people. So you take the Lord's Prayer, and what Jesus says is don't try to be praying in front of people all the time so you can be seen. And don't use vain babblings, you know, repetitive words all the time. He talks about that. 
And, 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 and he says that, and then right after that he says, but when you pray, pray like this. And what do we often do? We take this very prayer that he trains us to learn how to pray, and we use it exactly the way Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 8 says not to do it. And so with that in mind, I think it's safe to say that, let me explain it this way, that I feel like we've corrupted the Lord's Prayer. We've adulterated it a little bit. And instead of it being an instruction of how to pray, we've turned it into some rote, mindless, poetic recital. When in reality, it was intended to be so much more than that. It was intended to be a lifestyle. I mean, look at the context of the verses before it. And hopefully after today, some of us will change the way we utilize this teaching on prayer that Jesus gave us and transform it into, instead of just a poem that we recite, that it turns into a thought-transforming process that we meditate on every moment of the day, and all of a sudden, boom, we're praying without ceasing. Now notice, the Lord's Prayer doesn't give any instructions for your hands or your eyes or your knees. Nothing there. And notice, He goes through several things, and, and each request is pretty simple, and it's very concise. It's one sentence, maybe even not a sentence, maybe even a phrase. In some places, he puts two requests in the same sentence. And then he goes on to the next one. And so what Jesus lays out for us is this. It's not about a bunch of words. It's not about flowery speech. It's not about reciting the same thing over and over again. It's just having simple dialogue with God the Father. You notice that? The Lord's Prayer is not long. And so, what we're going to give you today, and we're going to have a gift to give out later, a laminated card that we're going to give you that you can take with you that I think will be a real helpful tool. We're going to give you a recipe today for a life of prayer. We've talked about, we've tried to redefine what prayer is the last several weeks, and this week, I'm going to send you home, hopefully, empowered and equipped to really, for the first time, maybe some of us, for the first time in our lives, to really engage in what is praying without ceasing. Wouldn't that be cool? How often do you pray? Like 23 hours and 52 minutes a day, y'all. It's awesome. Would you be able to, wouldn't it be great to say that? The only time I don't pray is when I'm eating a burger, and even then I want to pray, but the burger's, you know, really good. All right. Pray a latte. It's a cute little picture, right? That's really what our goal is, is it not? Isn't our goal to really get to the point where we pray all the time? I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that be great if we could just figure out a way to pray all the time? Well, we're going to give you a recipe for a life of prayer, remembering, of course, that what we have done is we've redefined what prayer is. It's so much more than just those times when our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and our hands are folded. It's so much more than that. So, Here's the Lord's Prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, and Megan did a great job of explaining some of these things during the worship time. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our sins, our debts, 
As we forgive those who trespass or are debtors or sin against us, different translations, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I'm hoping today that this will no longer be a mindless quotation. I'd love it for one day for you to start quoting it and you just get hung up on one word or one phrase. And the rest of the day, you can't even finish it. Here's what I mean. There are six concepts in the Lord's Prayer that I'm going to break out for you that I believe can transform the way you interact with Heavenly Dad on a daily basis. Number one, realize who's your daddy. Our Father in Heaven, great is your name. The very first concept that Jesus is trying to teach us so that we can have a life of prayer is this. Recognize who's your daddy. Our Father who is in heaven, you're famous. You rock. My dad's awesome. I mean, that concept alone, if you could go through the day doing your job and and listening to music and every once in a while that thought pops in your head maybe 50 times in a day, wouldn't that be great? I know who my dad is. It's heavenly dad. That's a great ingredient. And just, if you can begin to grasp the fact, remember what Hebrews said, we can come boldly before the throne of grace because we have a high priest who's sympathetic and we can come to God with boldness. Why? Because he's your dad. When I, when I Googled some images about, you know, famous dads, right, I remember there were some pictures that came up of JFK playing with his kids in the Oval Office. I mean, to me, that's a great example. The next ingredient, resolve to go with the flow. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is difficult. You guys understand, what I'm laying out for you is a lot harder than just praying like this, right? What I'm laying out for you is a lot, takes a lot more discipline and a lot more courage and a lot more love for God than just reciting the Lord's Prayer. Do you understand that, right? That's why when Megan put on there, she wanted to punch me in the face like 300 people liked it. (laughs) So do you understand what we're doing here, right? Resolve to go with the flow when difficult things arise. And, uh, you know, in my life in the past couple months, there's been a lot of difficult things. I've shared some of them with Bruce and some other things that I've been struggling with. And I've had to resolve each time, man, my dad is God and he's in control. See, when you're going through a difficult time and the concept of God's sovereignty enter into your thoughts, that's prayer. You may not even verbalize it. You may not even say, oh God, thank you for being sovereign. But the very fact that you recognize the concept in the middle of a difficult time, you're going through things, your kingdom come, your will is going to be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Even if you just recognize, man, God is in control. That's prayer. And that's a great ingredient for a life of prayer. If you can begin to grasp and embrace these thoughts, your dad is in control. Look at the next ingredient. Reject self-reliance. Give us this day our daily bread. Here's what Jesus is teaching us. Yes, we work hard. Yes, we have these things, but you have to recognize at every moment of the life. What I've tried to begin to do when I sit down to eat is instead of going through a, you know, a prayer that somebody needs to hear or something I feel compelled like I have to do or I feel guilty because, you know, I'm supposed to pray before you eat. 
I just say, man, this is a gift from God. And I eat it vociferously or voraciously, whatever the word is. I make a mess. If you ever eat lunch with me at Simon's someday, you'll see I love ketchup. <laughs> and I get this, this wrap, right, Bruce? And I just put the, I love the ketchup. It's a gift from God, ketchup is. <laughs> You know, and so I take my wrap and I'm dipping it in and just blowing my mouth, you know, and to me, if I'm enjoying that ketchup and on that wrap, so that's prayer. It is. God has given me a gift. And that is the love for ketchup. But I reject self-reliance that says to me, you know, I have this ketchup because it's mine. Even if I pay for it, I recognize that God provides for me. And it's not even something I have to verbalize. It's just a thought that enters into my head. That's prayer. Let's look at another ingredient. Request and provide forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's a few different ways that people say it. Here's the concept that Jesus is giving. Just like we learned in James. Don't set yourself up as judge. Set yourself up as one needing mercy. If you live constantly in the light of the fact that you need mercy, man, mercy, grace, Forgiveness. You don't have to even say, God, give me mercy, grace, and forgiveness, because what does the Scripture say? He's there. The grace comes through Christ. And if you, the thought process enters your mind, that's a concept of a life of prayer. That's a recipe. Now, can it bear itself out in verbal prayers? Of course it can. But it doesn't have to. That's the point. And the idea enters your head. Like, for example, let's just say hypothetically, I'm standing in the back of the church and somebody walks in with an $8 cup of Starbucks and I make a hand gesture. Let's just, I mean, if this were to happen, I make a hand gesture and it's one of the ventes, right? And I knock it out of their hand and it spills all over the floor back there, hypothetically. No, it happened this morning. Man, I needed mercy for that. I felt so bad. It was Jean's coffee. It was her coffee. It was right there. Just Starbucks. It's not cheap, right? Forgiveness. Forgive us our sins wasting Starbucks like that. It was humbling. Because I thought I just made a pretty good joke, and it ended with splash. But the concept enters my mind, and I was thinking about it as we were worshiping. Man, that was kind of a gift to remind me about the fact that I need to request and provide forgiveness because I'm flawed, I'm deficient, I have errors in my life, I have things I do that hurt other people. I have to recognize constantly, I need forgiveness. And if that thought enters your mind, boom, that's prayer. It's right in the Lord's Prayer, is it not? Look at the next ingredient. Rely upon intervention. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the course of living, as you go through life, and the world throws up things at you 
that are tempting, things that derail your thought process, right? Our thought life is a huge struggle, is it not? As a matter of fact, our thought life is such a big struggle, some recited prayers can never overcome it. The Scripture says, casting down imaginations of every high thing, that it will exalt itself against the power of God, and leading into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's prayer. It's not about words even. And the only way that you can begin to rein in your thought process and to recalibrate the way your mind thinks to respond to stimulus around you with some of these things that we're talking about in this recipe is to rely upon intervention. All our righteousness, the Scripture says, is like filthy rags. And you don't want me to go into what the Scripture means by filthy rags. But the Scripture teaches us the righteousness that is in us is coming from what? The implanted Word of God, which is able to save your souls. Remember we talked about a couple weeks ago? For the Word of God is quick and powerful and active and able to divide, and it makes you naked before God. Remember we talked about that? And so another ingredient here is you must rely upon intervention. And look at this ingredient. Refer to number one. What was number one? Realize who's your daddy. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Do you understand how cool it is to know that God is all-powerful and all-glorious forever and He's your dad? You ever been in a situation where you walked into a room and there were a lot of people and maybe the attention was on one or two people and you had this special, unique relationship with them that they would seek you out in front of everyone? Remember how special that would feel? That's our relationship with Heavenly Dad. There is an intimacy there's a nakedness, there's a love, there's a merciful thing about him there in our context, in our interaction with him that is so overwhelmingly humbling but also exciting. So I've given you these things, right? And we have some cards that we're going to pass out here. Do, can we, do we have them? Let's start passing them out now. Let me explain to you what I'm giving you here. I'm giving you some cards. They're laminated. It's a gift. We'll do some more things like this in the future, but this is called a garden prayer recipe, okay? And what we're doing is we're giving you this card. Here's how you use this. I want you to put it somewhere in your life where your eyes might go the most. Some of you, it might be a bag of Lay's potato chips. <laughs> it's okay. Some of you might be the TV, the computer screen. And uh, the cell phone, yes. You can take a picture of it. Put, make it your screensaver on your smartphone. That's not, a bad that's not a bad idea. On your computer, maybe your desktop background. Now, guys, here's the way you use it, okay? I want you to take this card, and I want you to see how I've boiled down the six main concepts in the Lord's Prayer into small phrases. And you can use this several ways. 
You can use it as one word phrases to pray every once in a while. Just stop and say, hey, God, I'm relying upon you for intervention. Boom, prayer. You don't need a bunch of words. You don't have, dear heavenly father, in thy heavenly area up there. Please, Lord, if you will, deliver me from the temptation of evil so that I might... Just say, God, keep me from temptation. That's the way Jesus did it. Deliver me from temptation. Three words. And so the idea behind it is you'll have these concepts before you constantly and you begin to learn to use these tools to develop a life of prayer that goes far beyond what you say. But now, look what happens, right? I want you to begin to enter into the idea of what you think. Because that's really how we pray without ceasing. You can even do this, believe it or not, on Tamiami Trail. Notice the simplicity and the brevity of the words. The elementary concepts that make this up. It's not flowery. It's not grandiose. It's not long-winded. It's not repetitive. And it doesn't include instructions for hands, eyes, and knees. The great part about these is the reason you have to keep quoting the Lord's Prayer. You can if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. And that could certainly be a part of your prayer life. But what the Scripture teaches us is this. These are concepts. Jesus said, don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. A bunch of words over and over again so people can see you. But when you pray, pray like this. See, these ingredients that I've given you, these six ingredients, they're all interchangeable. They're mixable. They all need to be present at some point in your life. But they don't have to be measured out in exactly the same portion. Let's say for the next week and a half, all you focused on was ingredient number one. Wouldn't that be cool? Recognize who your daddy? How could that change your life? Not only that, maybe instead of reciting it, how about this? If we meditated or maybe even obsessed over it for a week what begins to happen as you go through these ingredients you'll find that your prayer life changes from rote spiritual verbal habits to conversations some of them are short some of them are long some of them don't even contain words And you live this life of prayer because you take these ingredients and interchangeably within your life, something happens. There's a stimulus in your life that causes your mind to go through one of these ingredients. Oh man, I need intervention. Boom, that's prayer. Just recognizing that you need the intervention is prayer. Man, I'm feeling alone, but God's my dad. Boom, prayer. Man, I need forgiveness. Boom, that person did something to me. I'm going to forgive them. Boom, prayer. And what begins to happen is this life of prayer takes on a life of its own. And it begins to permeate every corner of your mind and your thoughts. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself verbalizing it naturally, just like when you have a conversation with a friend. They all need to be present at some point. They don't have to be measured out in exactly the same portions every day but they do need to become a habit a natural response to the things that go on around us as we practice 
living in the realization of the presence of God. And that's really the key, is it not? God, make us more aware of your presence. And as we learn to be more aware of God's presence, what begins to take place is we begin to analyze our life and categorize it into these concepts. That's what the tool is for. I want to teach you to categorize your life experiences into these six ingredients. That's harder than just saying some words, is it not? But that's what pray without ceasing means. And what I think will happen is you'll begin to have more fun with prayer as it becomes a more natural part of your response to God's presence. The last thing I'll share. A life of prayer is a mindset, not a bunch of words with your eyes closed. That's what a life of prayer is. It's a mindset, not a bunch of words heaped up, repeated over and over again with your eyes closed. 